I'm Maddie. And I am Brian of the Mutant Ages, also known as Snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> and I am also known as Mitty Myers because we are a couple of superheroes. And the reason why that's relevant is because you are listening to a listener mail episode, which means it will conclude with another installment of the Mutant Ages, the comic book. A fan fiction about me and Ryan and all of the Mutant Ages extended universe. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, if this is your first episode of the show, that's fine, I guess. But uh, this is a podcast where we watch a readaptation of the X-Men and talk about how gay all of them are. And uh, this is a listener mail. So, you know, we're not going to talk about an episode of X-Men Evolution here. We're just not. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. sad if we watched another episode of that show because i'm really enjoying the hell out of it but oh well that's it's for coming next up time. but i think i think up top we have to mention our new side project of the <gasps> mutant ages you're right we do oh my god okay you you can go ahead because i just talked for like five okay. minutes <laughs> that's fine i am going to take over the show and maddie's not even on it anymore no that's not true i'm no, not I'm doing the show without maddie sitting like, back <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm retiring. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Never. <laughs> We're doing this until the day we die. Anyway, back to Ryan. That's the plan anyway. It is. But thanks, Maddie. <laughs> Today on the Mutant Ages, we have an announcement that just came in fresh off the press. It is that the Mutant Ages is going to be doing a monthly live stream. Yes. So for those of you who tuned into our holiday special that we did in December of this past year in 2020 because we mm -hmm. couldn't have a Christmas party yeah. or a holiday party. We did a live stream that was a fundraiser. Now, this live stream that we're going to do monthly is not a fundraiser, but you could donate to the Patreon. That would be nice. <laughs> we, we do have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the mutant ages. And on this live stream, we are going to be reading X-Men scripts for the first time that were screenplays written for X-Men films that weren't made or versions of the films that were made, but were drastically different from the scripts they actually had. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, there is a version of X-Men 2000 that involves Pyro as a main character, but not like the version that was in that film. Like, he was just already part of the Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So, like, that is an interesting take. And also, like, they made, I don't know, five or six screenplays that were pitches for the X-Men to get a live action movie before they landed on X-Men 2000. And they're all completely different films. Mm -hmm. And so what we are going to do is we're going to read these live. We're not going to read them all in one go. We're probably going to have to split them up in quarters because screenplays are very long. <laughs> so you're going to get infinite amount of us reading these, including the Dazzler script. Yes. And we are going to be joined live by Todd and our friend Katie from Warcraft Valley. Mm -hmm. And who's going to be joining us for the screenplay readings is our other friend, Rye. Rye T. <laughs> who played Tracer in 
Gino. He played Agent D in Demon. He played Barry Burton in Resident Apartment. He's kind of like the one guy that has consistently also done projects with us since mm-hmm. high school. He also helped us out with our Dark Crystal script reading, which oh, that's right. is important to know. He's fantastic. He's very funny. He can do lots of voices. He's a great actor. He can do a lot of voices. I mean, you know, we're also asking Ryan T because we enjoy his company, but you got to have somebody who can do a lot of funny voices in the mix uh, just to help out, you know? So, Between Todd and Rye, we'll have like all the voices down. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so Todd and Rye will be carrying the comedic talents on their shoulders. And then me yep. and Ryan and Katie will just also be there giggling. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be fun. Much. And so we're excited about it. It will be the first one is on Sunday, September 12th at 6.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel. And you can catch it live over there. And that's Eastern Eastern Standard Time, by the way. Yes. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because we're on the East Coast of the United States. That's so right, baby. Do the math if you're in another country or another another place, another time zone. I think by, by the time this drops on its initial release, it's going to be like five days before the live stream so yes mark so your calendars mark your calendars now. also i would say go ahead and subscribe to the youtube channel the mutant ages youtube channel because that's where we're going to be putting these every month and that way you're going right. to be notified that's right t-brackets <laughs> blasting off again <laughs> and uh that's where we're going to be reading i'm really excited about the pokemon X-Men script in meowth's voice um yeah. so that's, that's exciting it. all right so that's it that's the big announcement uh, that we have right now and so we're expanding on that and at some point Maddie and I will play some video games to throw up on the YouTube channel as well yes but this is something that will be on the YouTube channel that we are all going to super enjoy doing especially since the podcast is bi-weekly now we're going to have just this extra YouTube content for you because we love work and we love <laughs> the images and we actually don't know how to scale back on a project we no it's really funny because like we, I got a full-time job finally and yes. the first thing I I do like on day two of the job i approached maddie about doing this like additional idea and todd and you were like hey let's do this additional work and i was like ryan literally <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> it's okay though because unlike all the other things that we do for the meeting ages the only prep that is required for this is like marketing it and we don't have to like watch anything and edit it Mm -hmm. like it's just us showing up and have a good time with each other and all of our listeners so we're looking forward to it yeah we are all right okay speaking of listeners it is time for some listener mail yeah all right so let's get this party started with our very fun and favorite elena yes uh, who has written into us in the past and included screen caps and i'm just gonna put it out there and say that i would say about half of these write-ins this month are from people who watched the episode where evan joins the warlocks because everyone had a lot of thoughts about this mm, so understandable that's interesting yeah i know it's a good episode if you haven't listened to it i forget what it's called extreme measures i think yep okay that's it. go listen to that it was the previous one to this one no it's the previous one to the toe of the witch in the wardrobe mm-hmm. anyway okay from elena hi mutant crew I noticed that the amphitheater that Evan met the Warlocks in was the same one in the Beast of Bayville, where Evan was almost attacked by Hank during Hank's own super mutant puberty crisis. (laughs) I wonder if this is significant. As former theater kids, let me know your opinion. (laughs) Yes, we agree. We noticed this on the episode as being like the same amphitheater 
and and also like Beast does his like Hamlet speech and all of that stuff there, and then Evan starts reciting. I, I could say from a personal note that I spent a lot of time sneaking into the theater at high school to like hang out with my friends and perform for each other and like sneak around in there. Mm-hmm. So great place for an emotional kids. breakdown. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. I feel like in this case it just feels like a place that's safe to show your true self which is sort of an interesting statement about performance and theater and like being a mutant or not being closeted or not i i don't know if the idea of a stage is really maybe we're reading too much into it but i don't know if we are i don't know no yeah i think i think you're right and i think that is sort of setting the scene a little bit even if it's not supposed to be like i know do you like that yeah even if like the curtain isn't closing for the mutants entirely when they transform but it it does seem to be the place that the at least beast and evan have gone to to experience this transformation but also like i think it is purposely supposed to be a a callback to the episode where beast transforms i do think that's intentionally meant to do that i don't mm-hmm. know if it's supposed to be like a theater thing or not or like we're on a stage and performing because i don't think that's it either or maybe like now he's going backstage and now he's a tech kid i don't know <laughs> that's the more yeah. the morlocks are just the tech crew yeah the morlocks are the tech crew and evan is the star sure why not let's uh write our th- senior thesis about this i don't know where i'm going with this i'm going to keep on reading this email quote if i had a quarter every time a mutant lost their mind in the specific amphitheater i'd have two quarters which isn't a lot but it's weird <laughs> that it's happened twice <laughs> Reading some trivia for this episode, I realized that this might be one of Evan's last appearances. I was worried he was written off the show for racist reasons, but I found out from a Q&A with the writer Greg Johnson that he was actually really popular with the younger audience, and his hiatus was intended to give him new aspects to his character with joining the Warlocks and becoming a mutant protector against hate crimes. Mm. So sad that was never fully realized. There is one episode about it in season four. Wow. That is really sad that it, it didn't happen, though, because that sounds so fucking badass. Like, because he was popular they were like let's like give people a little bit of evan withdrawal and uh have him be even cooler when he comes back you know like i feel like yeah, that's what they were I building mean, to i feel like evan is kind of like the wolverine for this show because he's the one that does the most pushback and is fighting everybody and yeah, like runs off bit. and does his own thing yeah or like the captain marvel or something because he's like gonna yeah. become a badass and fight for everybody oh, yeah he like becomes fully formed in the bones and then his bones start shooting like fire and stuff it's really cool cool elena also says evan is drinking so much milk to make up for the calcium deficiency from all the rapid bone oh. growth. I hope they can get him some supplements in the tunnels. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, I like I that. Liked, I liked that take. That's why he's drinking milk as though it's like beers or something. Like he's just staring into space, chugging the milk. Uh, that makes sense. It does make sense. Okay, so this next message is from Tinseltina in the Discord who wrote, I'm listening to the new episode of the podcast with the Morlocks and I just wanted to answer Ryan's question. What the fuck is a toxic eliminator? Is that even a thing? Yes, it's called antioxidants, the stuff that helps get rid of cancerous stuff from your body. Like the stuff juice companies boast cranberries, (laughs) pomegranates, blueberries, etc. have. Anyway, they're real, but they're, in my opinion, mostly propaganda to sell fruit products. Your body can filter oxidants out on its own and cancer isn't 100% preventable no matter how much juice or how healthy you try to live. But I digress. I figured the show just used another term to avoid kids making the connection between real life ad campaigns and the fictional poisonous drink. So, yeah, now now we know. I mean, I I think there's a reason, Tinseltina, that they don't say antioxidants on the show because they actually don't want to associate it with that. And that's why they came up with toxic eliminator as just like a phrase that at least from my Googling 
uh, hasn't been used in an ad campaign for a real drink. It, I found some like science papers that use that phrase, but that's it. Um, so yeah, I, I do know about antioxidants, but I, I don't think they want it. I think they want it to kind of like sound a little bit like antioxidants, but, but not literally be that, if that makes sense so that it can still be science fiction. I guess. I mean, I, and I was like, oh, that makes sense to me, but also I was like, is that really still what it is? I don't know, but I think that would be, I guess that's, I that's mean, what I it would be. I don't think that the show is trying to imply that the X-Men can't eat cranberries without dying. Like, I feel like that's <laughs> not, I don't think that's what they're trying to imply. I think they're sort of coming up with an idea similar to that, but just being like, whatever this, this specific super special antioxidant is, it is something that kills mutants and only mutants for some reason, you know? Can you can you imagine an X-Men walking up to a bush and eating a berry and just being like, this is poisonous. I'm gonna die. Just and it's killing like over and dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that would certainly be a weird plot point if they couldn't have any antioxidants. I mean, I don't know, a lot of people like blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> what about the mutant that grows berries? Okay, wait, there's gotta be one like that in that weird West World town that Scott went to and there was like celery. Yeah, woman. wasn't there like yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. Wasn't they're like broccoli lady like uh, yeah, broccoli she's like lady. made out of antioxidants right I, oh anyway. my god i don't even know they made her up for the show and she just screamed and ran into a house so i don't know i don't know either okay this isn't really a listener meal so it's something todd brought up inside our private slack but mm-hmm. i was like okay because he sometimes sends in what would be a great listener meal to us personally when we're discussing mutant ages stuff mm-hmm. and so i'm just gonna write what he said uh and what she said I am trying to find this research I heard about involving the linguistic intergroup bias in sports reporting because it feels relevant to that discussion you had about Evan being called a mutant at the skate thing. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I can't find it, but the gist is that sports reporters would talk about white athletes and black athletes differently. Where white athletes are painted as hardworking or dedicated and black athletes were called naturally talented. Instead, which buys into a core white supremacy thing of constructing the black body as slightly not human, i.e. stronger, bigger, more dangerous for black dudes. Yep. And also why white people at the time and still do now are like black people are cheating. They shouldn't be allowed to run in marathons because then it doesn't give us a fair chance. It mm-hmm. might just be because like white people don't practice enough. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's any number of reasons, but, but yeah, I mean, it is part of the way that we minimize black achievement is just by, uh, painting it as being supposedly natural or intrinsic as opposed to, you know, something that they're also working hard at. And yeah, I thought that was interesting and we're sharing for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And it makes sense that, that they would be pulling from that for the extreme members episode mm-hmm. because it, we were like, is it just only that they're mutants? Or is it because he's a kid of color? Like what, what is actually happening here? And I think Todd mm-hmm. kind of nailed it on the head there. Um, I, I feel like also just all of it is top of mind because although the Olympics are pretty much over at this point, yeah. uh, it was happening where we were like hearing the way that people talk about black athletes differently and stuff. Anyway, thank you, Todd. That is, I'm glad that Todd's always challenging us like academically. And that's always kind of fun. <laughs> Cause Todd's smarter than us and is like, I mean, that more. is actually true, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to a voicemail, which you know how this goes for me where I have to do it like three times before I get it right. All right. Let's see if this works. I just wanted to say I really like your show. I've been having a lot of fun listening to the podcast lately, and I'm really happy that there's an entire show that's kind of dedicated to how the X-Men were kind of supposed to be a a queer allegory. 
and it's really fun and it's a comfortable and a comforting podcast to listen to. I've been marathoning it this past week. Um, Thank you so much for all your hard work and being able to share such a nice show. And I hope you have a nice day. Oh, thank is such you. such a cute message. It is. I, love I hadn't it. listened to it yet. So that was like my first reaction, too. It Aww. doesn't say who it was from, unfortunately. No, so. they didn't give us their name, but thank you so much to this listener. It sounds like yeah, a new really sweet. listener who's just now marathoning. And you're it. like marathoning, catching up. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Kudos that. Kudos to you. That's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. <laughs> it is a lot of episodes. Hope you're watching along if, if you care to do that. And I'm just glad you're enjoying it. Welcome. Me, too. Thank you. And welcome, welcome to the brotherhood it kind of gets like a more neurotic as it goes on mm-hmm. and erotic but i would say like the editing gets better as it goes along speaking for myself i'm allowed to say that <laughs> okay i don't know who edits the show but yeah, you i don't know. know who it is <laughs> magical elves edit the show and they get better at it as it goes it's along elfo. elfo anyway uh next email is from babo t who writes in Okay, got a compound question. Is Professor X a salvageable character? Is he redundant? What would a good and conscientious psychic elder mentor character look like? I don't know, like fucking Splinter, maybe? Or I like don't know. Obi-Wan Kenobi or like Gandalf? I mean, there are other examples. Uh, okay, hold on. Would we, would we actually count Obi-Wan Kenobi as like necessarily a good character he's charming but also well kind of questionable at that's times. a good point i mean he's an interesting character though and i guess i guess like counterpoint to that it's okay if the character has flaws and makes mistakes and is impulsive like obi-wan is when he's younger and he thinks he can train anakin but like he's actually a little too young to do that and anakin is anakin and so on and so forth (laughs) i mean i feel like a character having flaws is fine and i'm actually okay with xavier having the flaws that he has i feel like the version of him that i would like better is just like maybe in his youth that's not evil i don't know because like (laughs) yeah because like you're mentioning obi-wan kenobi and i do think that is a good example of a character who does questionable things but for overall you're kind of like okay i don't like by comparison, Obi Wan Kenobi is not a piece of shit like Professor Xavier. Well, is. because he learns, like he has hubris when he's young, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'm powerful. I can do anything. I'm a fucking Jedi. Like I got this." And then he is knocked down by the fact that he fails Anakin so hard. And then as an adult, when he meets Luke, he like, well, first of all, he becomes a hermit for a really fucking long time. And then he meets Luke, and he's like, "Honestly, dude, I don't know if I can help you." Like I feel like that is the kind of uh, level of getting knocked down emotionally that I would like to see for xavier where like he admits he was wrong can you imagine xavier ever admitting that he was wrong fucking no i can't (laughs) i i would like to see a version of xavier where like you know he's younger he dates magneto he like has all these bright-eyed ideas about what the future could be and how he's like i want to work with humans and i believe in hope and truth and justice and the american way and magneto's like dude fascism exists bigotry exists you this isn't going to work out and xavier doesn't believe him and then he has like his wake up call. And I guess I would just like to see more questioning from him internally and also not reading people's minds without permission. <laughs> like as an adult version of himself, Xavier should just be wiser and less of a selfish prick. Like I totally think it could work. You know, I think I agree. I agree. I don't know if it would be as interesting for the X-Men if he was that character, though. I mean, I know mm. we hate on Xavier, but it is interesting that he's so hateable, though. You're right. Well, right. Because like, I mean, besides Cyclops, who parrots everything he says until eventually Cyclops 
went through that phase where he's like, I don't know if I do agree with Xavier until one day. He's like, Xavier was right about everything and I was wrong. And I was like, oh my God. But I think what makes it interesting to have Xavier be this sort of like manipulative, older, telepathic man that is kind of doing like horrible things to his friends and family for what he thinks is the greater good because he's so self-absorbed and whatever that is and is himself makes it interesting for all the other X-Men to consistently push back on a lot of his questions, his mm-hmm. questionable material. And it ends up siding with characters like Magneto or Emma Frost or Mystique because they all have to figure out where they want to be. Or Callisto, for example. Yeah, it does make a more interesting set of circumstances to have all these different characters with different political aims, including Xavier's selfish respectability politics, you know? And like... That's right. more interesting as a story. I agree with that. And I like I have always enjoyed I mean, obviously Emma Frost from the get-go has always been sort of like anti Charles Xavier's views. And while she aligns a little bit more with Magneto's, she's got her own point of view. But mm-hmm. whatever Xavier's doing his stupid bullshit, she's like, I'm not here for like the ex-libertarianism. I'm just here for like doing something that's going to actually make a difference versus what are the shit you two are doing. Mm-hmm. But also like other characters will push back. Like I always think about how Xavier always comes at characters like Rogue or Wolverine who really she he's like well you guys i don't know if like you're entirely salvageable but when you're doing what i want and i'm like look at the way you're healing but if you go back to those other methods you're immediately wrong (laughs) like i think it helps to have that friction there to be like okay but this mentor character is supposed to be helping me but also i don't agree with him and sort of like you know that i'm not a fan of yoda if we're going to go on the star wars bandwagon here yeah i find that yoda is kind of obnoxious and kind of like xavier in the way where he's like really into what he thinks as being the right thing to do and sort of pushes that upon all the students that he chooses to teach and like tells you not to feel bad things because bad things are bad to feel um and sort of like without having that friction there though it's like okay but like how do you like luke didn't luke skywalker kind of like push back on that as well by the time the fucking return of the jedi came around like he's like i appreciate what you had taught me but also like he was wrong in some ways because like luke definitely goes down sort of like a dark path but figures things out a little bit right Mm -hmm. and like if you're if you have a character that makes it easy for you from the get-go from the jump that makes it easy for the hero to be like i'm your mentor there's going to be it's not going to be as interesting like it kind of works to have professor xavier to be sort of the true villain of the series and so like i don't feel like salvaging him into a character that is likable and also like a good person is helpful like i do think that a lot of these elder mentor characters are characters who do end up using these other characters that are younger than them for their own personal gain to figure their own shit out but they even if they're conscious of it or not like bruce wayne's another great example who keeps like recruiting children and being like i'm gonna create child soldiers out of them because i refuse therapy as a human being so like i'm just gonna take kids that also have like bad backgrounds or sort of like something going on in their backgrounds that they need help with and have them take it out on the streets which is incredibly dangerous and also exactly what xavier does Mm -hmm. and like both characters are viewed as like heroic characters but well also what they're doing is fundamentally wrong i think i think people are are more willing to see what batman's doing as wrong than xavier for whatever reason i mean maybe that's just the social circles we run in i don't know but i think people have a really strong attachment to professor xavier and have a lot of trouble seeing him as a bad guy i don't know why right because they're like oh he's the creator of the x-men because x-men is based off his name xavier or the x gene which is more appropriate 
Yeah. And like, I don't know, Xavier is like an obnoxious character. Now, <laughs> you can look at characters like I think, like the other one character I went to when this question popped up was Splinter, right? From yep. the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I mean, I find Splinter to be a character that is complicated in his own ways, but he doesn't take it out on his students. Like he trains them to be patient and then will tell them that their feelings are valid, but also being like, okay, but here... Like, here's what I've experienced in my life and I've worked it out through meditation and help and like, you can still help yourselves and the kid, you know, the Charles are still going to do what they're going to do wrong. And he's like, okay, let me try and guide you a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So we get those wisdom, those characters that can have wisdom and all that. Um, and still be appreciated. Like we love Splinter. Who doesn't like Splinter? He's like one of the best characters on the show. However, it doesn't create like a lot of friction that works within the Ninja Turtles though, right. because they're also like, okay, so like everything's great at home and we're going out and fighting bad guys on the streets because that's what we've been told to do. And we're here and we have a lot of freedom, like almost too much freedom. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the difference there is that the Ninja Turtles is a show that's for slightly younger audience and it's yeah. less political. Like it's not to say there's no politics in, in TMNT. I think there is actually, but like it's not on the level of like X-Men in terms of what it's trying to do. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not a civil rights allegory in the way that like Xavier and Magneto is supposed to be. It's exactly. just not... It's not doing that. Like, there's nobody in TMNT who was uh, a survivor of the Holocaust. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, not something exactly. that that is willing to touch. That's not what's happening And, there. like, because of that, you need to have Splinter be a much more straightforward mentor figure, and you don't have as much gray area where it's like, oh, you know, did is he doing the right thing teaching these kids? It's just, like, really black and white. It's like, no, all of them are mutants and victims of a circumstance. They all have to work together. Everybody's kind and doing the good, right thing. Whereas in X-Men, it's like... Yes, everybody's a mutant and a victim of circumstance, but they have very different circumstances. Like Xavier grew up right. rich. He yeah, comes from a different exactly. background. Yes, he's a paraplegic, but he wasn't for his entire life. And also like what exactly is his living situation in politics and like that? I don't know. Like being a rich white guy just changes Xavier in such a distinct way, you know, like it changes his outlook. I agree. And that's interesting. And I think it's something that was come up in the the MCU thoughts were like, well, what if like Xavier is like a black man and, yeah. or, or even a rich black man? I'm like, I think a quintessentially, like, I think this is one of those characters that you can't convert the race on because like Xavier is a privileged white man. And that is why he's as obnoxious as he is. And, and we that's cannot, why he thinks he can work with other white people because yeah, like I did, I just don't feel like it, it's, he's like a rich white guy that also counts himself as a marginalized class because of his superpower. Yeah. He's like, I just so happen to be gay. Like it's no big deal though. Like, I don't know. And, and a paraplegic, like he does have, like he is marginalized for a well, few yes. different reasons. Yes, of course. But also he like has money and can fix his problems <laughs> with money and like convince white people that it's okay because he's a rich white guy, mm -hmm. which like none of the other characters can. That does change his outlook. Yeah. Because he's like, I have basically the other superpower of being rich, which allows me to solve all my problems instantly. Then you look at like Warren Worthington, who's also super rich, but also depressed. <laughs> well, he's depressed as fuck for reasons. Like, I mean, like unlike Xavier, like Archangel really can't hide himself unless he like straps down his wings and has these big like 80s pads suit shoulders on him. Like he's yep, not right. He like cannot hide being gay he cannot hide being a mutant where xavier can and does often does yeah, and xavier can like like if you find out xavier's like i'm just gonna delete that part from your brain so you don't remember we were even here yep 
he's like the king of being closeted and like being respectable and and just passing and like I don't know you and I like our politics are never going to jive with that like that's just no, not it's our not, jam it's not. at this point and I in think, our lives. But I also I also feel like the question being asked here is like what would it look like and would it be as like would it be redundant? I'm like I think Xavier has to be complicated and selfish and obnoxious in this way for it to really truly work because right now in Krakoa you have like the different houses and Xavier is like honestly the worst one of them all like mm-hmm. he is like this whole trial of Magneto thing with who killed Scarlet Witch even though she's not really dead but is she dead and like everyone's like well it's got to be Magneto even though it's obviously not Magneto and mm-hmm. Xavier is immediately like I don't know maybe it is and then immediately turns straight around and he's like okay so we could actually resurrect Wanda because she does have for some mysterious reason she is backed up on Cerebro even though she's not a mutant yeah and so <laughs> Maggie is like all right so like are we gonna resurrect her because I want to resurrect my daughter and he's like we're gonna put it to a vote it gets voted out as no. And Xavier's like, sorry, Magneto, it just can't be done. And Magneto's like, no, you're choosing not to do that. And you're still following those laws that suppressed us before. Fuck you and fuck you. Like, I think like he has to be this way. I think Xavier has to be the asshole. Yeah. Like, Magneto's too relatable. Like Magneto, who is supposed to be like, quote unquote, the villain of the show. Like it doesn't work. Like Xavier really is sort of truly the villain. And it's like, even if you like Xavier, like what he does is wrong. And that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And I think, that is a key component of the X-Men. Yeah. And that's the tension. Even if you like him yeah. is like acknowledging those flaws in his character, even if you are a fan of him. And that's what makes him interesting. Like we always are like, oh, we want Xavier to die. Like we hate this character, but also but like, like we really don't because like it's fun for a story to have conflict. And like, that's why we love it is because it does have so much political conflict and really makes you think like, what would the right thing to do be? You don't always right. have an easy answer. And that's right. why it's fun and interesting. Yeah. So I think we've I think we've expanded into that. But that, that was a, that was a really good like yeah, mind bender fun. right there, and I, like and I think that was a good question for even us to reflect on because yeah, I think it sure. gives our listeners a better perspective on how we actually feel about Professor Xavier. So mm-hmm, which is that he should die. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to send you this next one. It's short. So here's another message from Elena who writes. What movie or show featuring superpowered people do you headcanon or wish to be part of the X-Men universe? I'll go first. Run, Lola, run. <laughs> this is interesting. I wouldn't have thought of Run, Lola, run as being about superpowered people, but I could see it. Or like okay. they become superpowered and they like join the X-Men. This mm-hmm. is like this is like the making of Warcraft Alley right here. It really is. Um, And she continues. I love the show Heroes, not because it was a good show, but because I'll watch any show with mutants in it and wish I was watching an X-Men movie. Yeah, Aww. that was how I felt about Heroes as well. Like many people, I watched the first season and no more because there's only one good season of Heroes and it's season one. And you should just stop after that. Even though there's a huge cliffhanger, uh, the rest of the show is bad. I have not watched Heroes. I think I watched the first episode. I think I watched the pilot back in the day, but that was when it was far more challenging to access TV shows if you didn't watch it on TV. Yeah, that was back in the day. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about other shows with superheroes. I mean, Buffy springs to mind. Gargoyles. Yeah, I think the ones that would fit into the same universe would be those two. I Like I said, Ninja Turtles is a very close one. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally is about mutants yes. that live in the sewers. Like, it's just Morlocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like, the Ninja Turtles would totally hang out with the Morlocks and, like, vibe with them and that would be fun katie's answer would be thundercats i can tell you that right now I'm which sure. is funny yeah yeah i can't actually really see buffy crossing over in a logical way because it like no. has its own magic but like i could see 
like in the multiverse or whatever, like Doctor Strange hanging out with Willow or whatever, you know, like I could see like some crossovers that make sense. Like the greater like MCU universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I know this is a little on the nose, but like there are a lot of times that the reason why we like crossing over DC with Marvel is because there are characters that would work well within those those boundaries. Like a lot of the Titans and Teen Titans characters are absolutely like the new mutants. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many times I've watched the old Teen Titans TV show and now I'm watching the HBO Titan series that started on um, DC's streaming service. Mm-hmm. That is so good. And I've been like in Young Justice, I'm like, I would love like a new mutants or generation X TV show that was in the style of either of these mm-hmm. because they remind me so much of generation X and new mutants. Yeah. That I'm like, it would be so amazing to actually see that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that would be a good answer for that besides Ninja <laughs> Turtles, which I yeah. feel like I'm just like Ninja Turtles. I mean, also <laughs> resident evil could fit in there. We've already talked about that. <laughs> we have already talked about that. I feel like resident evil is a, is an obviously fun crossover, even though Wesker and Mr. Sinister would be far too powerful powerful together it would still be fun to see them hanging out making out and yeah i don't know i mean jill valentine wolverine i don't know i feel like i i it would be really interesting to see like i'm not like hugely into doctor who but i will i loved torchwood a lot and i would love like sort of torchwood investigating the weird mutant shit that happens but i think that still doesn't work because it's like too alien mm-hmm. like you, you could say the same thing of x files or like okay like i think that doesn't quite work at one point katie and i have like a one off of Warcraft Valley where like it crossed over with Supernatural just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. But like it was kind of complicated even than that just because Supernatural is about like ghosts and shit and like the devil. Yeah. Like that's not really like Marvel's vibe. Like they do have magic and other worlds stuff going on. You can go to limbo with magic and hang out with the devil or whatever. But it's not like we're chasing monsters and ghosts all the time. Most of their stuff is aliens or internal politics, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's actual monsters, but not as frequently as DC. DC is all about that shit. Yeah. You know what I could see working, though? I could see a Steven Universe X-Men crossover making sense. Oh, yeah, sense. same, same. Even though it's like still aliens, I could see that happening because it's like super queer. Yeah, it's super queer. And I feel like Steven Universe is very grounded on Earth and like mundane earth stuff and like aliens in those situations in a way that i feel like x-men also is whenever aliens are involved with x-men stuff i feel like it kind of grounds it in earth politics as well and like those allegories and that's what steven universe is doing so i feel like that crossover would be fun and would make sense might be a fun like short comic book run i agree with that where steven universe uh, steven hangs out with jubilee or something i don't know i could see that yeah i mean like i would be here for that I, I have in the past when I watched Legend of Quarter the first time around, I'm like, this is like X-Men, but like a thousand years ago. That's kind of how <laughs> I felt about that. Yeah. Although it also kind of like Buffy just feels like because it has its own internal mythology or like supernatural or whatever, it's like it doesn't really fit, you know, like it already has its right. own thing. What about the Incredibles? <laughs> the Incredibles always feels like DC to me. For whatever reason, it doesn't really I feel. Guess, yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I guess, I guess the Incredibles are supposed to be the Fantastic Four, but I mean, in terms of like the politics of the Incredibles, it feels very DC to me because it's very like. I agree with that. I don't know, crypto fascist. <laughs> like it's very yeah. like Justice League, like in terms of how it actually yeah. plays out and like what they want to do with superheroes and what interests them about it, as opposed to superheroes being depicted as like the X-Men where it's like out of their control. And they're like, I don't want to be a hero. It's just other people see me as a freak. 
Yeah, I I think that's a good way to put it because I mean the thing is that there's really truly nothing really else like the X Men still. I think you know we come to Steven Universe a lot because they touch on a lot of like the same metaphors on that show, mm-hmm. but like even in like the DC universe, the closest I can get to is like young justice and Titans, which they don't, they, I mean, their their background, like they, they just feel like new mutants to me all the time because it's yeah. like, we got the alien and then we've got like the clone alien. And then we've got people <laughs> that do have superpowers just naturally. And then there's this Nightwing who's a badass. you know, it's like, it is interesting to compare those things, but I also am also like, there really isn't anything else like X-Men still like there hasn't been a TV show or a comic book that has dived into real life politics in a very dark and political kind of way. Like mm-hmm. the, the X-Men has done and continues to do Yeah, for anybody that's in a marginalized class. I mean, there's a reason why we find it very relatable and there's other content out there that we find relatable as well. Like I said, Steven universe is a great example of that, but X-Men really is just one of its own. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we answered that. We did. Um, we've got another voicemail here. This one's from Drake, so I will pull that up. Hey, Manny and Ryan, this is Drake. Um, so I was listening back, uh, and uh, way back in episode 12, oh, geez. Um, you had uh, actually joked about um, like creating a, um, um, like a bishop show. Um, that was sort of in the style of like a Netflix show. Um, so, oh, I do remember this. You know, you know, several years, you know, since then. <laughs> um, I'm curious what uh, your pitch would be for um, a Bishop show if you were going to pitch one. Uh, thanks. That's a good question. And I will see you next time. <laughs> All right. Immediately off the bat, I think you could do a very interesting show because, okay, so say disney plus did like well we already know they're going to do side tv shows with the x-men like they've already said they're going to do a wolverine one that's already Mm -hmm. in the books that's in the plans but if they did like a bishop one that it's the same style as cable where i'm like i feel like it would be really interesting on its own to just start off right off the bat in this horrible future of the mcu like because at this point anything that cable or bishop come from it's not going to be just the x-men it's going to be the greater mcu right yeah so bishop comes from this world in the future where sentinels have taken over right yep. and like they are killing everybody that has an x gene humans are just dead so like we wouldn't like tony stark would not exist like thor would probably be imprisoned captain america would probably be like somewhere out there because they're technically when you, when it comes down to it despite all the differences that xavier makes about them they are all mutated in some way and mm-hmm. so it would be very interesting to see like the, to pitch it to be like, okay, so I've got this show about Bishop and he is a mutant that comes from the future of the MCU that is totally fucked over. It's got robots that are killing everybody. It's very Terminator. And he comes to the president to try and stop those things from happening. And he keeps on bouncing back and forth between these two worlds. And they don't quite get it right anytime to the point where both the X-Men and the Avengers are very scared that they can't save their own universe. I think that is a interesting idea and also sort of being like is the person that creates the sentinels or allows it to happen within their own group which we know it's like fucking trask but like they could also be like maybe the future doesn't work out because dr strange fucked something up or scarlet witch is too powerful or now the phoenix is here like there's and kind of sort of turn them all against each other in the process and bishop is the one investigating who it is because in the comic books 
there is a betrayal within the X-Men. He keeps on thinking it's Gambit, even though it turns out not to be. Mm-hmm. But like that's that is something that I think they could pull from. I do think it's an interesting story. It would also be a black-led TV show, which I think would be great. Yeah. Although there's been a lot of conversation in the Discord for the Mutant Ages recently. And if you have not joined the Discord, you can do that by going to TheMutantAges.com and clicking the link on the right. And there have been a lot of chatter about how complicated Bishop's actual story in the comic books is because then they, of course, had to make him related to a Storm in some way. Because <sighs> I don't... Like, I. I <laughs> Can we just <laughs> such a stereotype that like every black character is related? I don't I don't know why <laughs> people keep doing this. It's so stupid, but whatever. I don't anyway. know. I don't know. So, but I do think that would be my pitch for it. I don't know how you feel about it, Maddie. What do you think? I really like your pitch, except I feel like it wouldn't happen anymore, which is sad to me because I like it. Um, I feel like the reason it wouldn't happen is because they already have Loki and the time travel stuff on that show the time variant authority yeah which feels like their replacement in a way for like cable and bishop storylines where like cable and forge and so on are like traveling back in time and trying to fix shit on their own as like vigilante time travelers like instead of that we have this time variance authority situation where loki is the one who's hopping around trying to fix things which is like it's funny i liked loki a lot but it does feel like a missed opportunity for something like what you described which is kind of like a redo of days of future and past. I think we also talked about that on our Loki Patriot episode where you're yeah. like, it's very strange to watch this, not because we dislike Loki, but it seems like a Cable or Bishop story. It does. And it, it, does. And it is a Cable story. The TVA is very involved with Cable's actual story. I know. And his origin. And- and I feel like it also reminds me of Deadpool 2, like the ending, which I know when we watched that, we were like, oh, great. Like, this is going to be how they explain the MCU combining with Fox, because Deadpool is like opening up the multiverse. And then Doctor Strange in the latest Spider-Man trailer is like causing all these fucking problems by casting a spell as a favor for Peter. And it's like, OK, so that's going to happen, too. And then also like Wanda is going to be in the multiverse. It's like it's almost like we have too many opportunities for the world to change right now and so i just can't see them throwing bishop in there as well you know the other the other pitch we could do is that there was a brief period of time during like grant morrison's new x-men and chris claremont's extreme x-men which bishop branched off into district x where he was like this detective investigating this like sort of mutant town which is which is basically the equivalent of where all the queers live in pennsylvania or Mm -hmm. new york city where there's just like a a couple blocks which is just considered like the nice piece of the city where the mutants live Mm -hmm. and he was investigating all the crimes happening there to mutants which i also think would be very interesting i think he was paired up with sage in that story and that would be i would be there just for that as a yeah, side that sounds rad <laughs> yeah right i should read those those sound really fun actually district x go find them they're good it was very short but it was during the grant morrison timeline so it's weird and mm-hmm. i i kind of appreciate how weird it is but cool. I think you hit it on the nose where it's like there's they've we've already done the time variance thing. And so yeah, now we have so much time travel and so much like world ending like multiverse. But don't, there's still space for Bishop to jump in and be like, but time travel's real. And Loki's <laughs> like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. And we have space for like Bender to come in and be like <laughs> his wacky self on King Rainbow Road. The Conqueror. King the oh Conqueror. I mean, now we actually have that character in there. So like. I don't know. I truly don't know. I guess I just said all that justification as to why they wouldn't bring in Bishop, except it's also all the reasons why they would, you know? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. He might just randomly show up. I don't know if he'll get his own TV show. I just don't think he's a popular enough character for that, sadly. I I don't I don't think so either. But I could see him making an appearance on Loki, for example, or Cable Might, or I don't know. Like maybe they'll bring in Deadpool. I don't fucking know. Like I Who really knows? don't know. <laughs> I mean, Deadpool already made an appearance in the MCU in the weirdest way possible. So Yeah, only Deadpool would appear in an advertising campaign. Um, and then also at the end be like, How do I get in the MCU? Like that's part of the commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Anyway, so this next email comes from somebody named Poochie. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear Mutant Ages, I am calling in or writing in, should I say, because I have a really important question about the name of the X Men. Bobby, I'm trying to write. Hi, hi, hi. That was Bobby. Anyway, after I got up and walked around my bedroom, only to have Kurt teleport in and drop popcorn all over me, he was pretty tired from all the cage fighting we did underground and the sex we had afterwards. I walked down to the med lab to do some work, but play was playing online instead. Instead, and saw a headline about Kevin Feige, Feige considering dropping the X Men moniker in the in the MCU. I couldn't read any more because Rebecca Chambers and Donatella from the Ninja Turtles started yelling at me to get some actual work done. But I was drinking my coffee. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts on this? Would it be a good idea for the MCU slash Disney to remove the X Men title because of Fox's terrible films, or should they keep the title that they paid for? Kevin Feige listed X-Men as an outdated term. Do you consider this outdated? What other titles would you prefer? One fan of the Mutant Ages tweeted at us. Anything to get us away from Xavier as a name. <laughs> anyway, I have breakfast with Bobby this morning, so I'm going to go meet him. But should I tell him that Warren and I fucked the other day? I don't know, but I hope Alex isn't jealous because I fucked him last week. Until later, tips at good day, Poochie. Alex Summers? Is that what... <laughs> yeah, I Fuji Chainlink from Warcraft Valley had to write in and write this. Wow. So. Okay. Um. Cool. Well, I think Kevin Feige is probably referring to the men in the X Men moniker yeah. as being the outdated aspect, which that's is that's what fair. I feel about. It's true. I but. That said, I feel like it's such a popular name. You can't escape it. I don't think they're going to. Even I though think, I don't disagree with him at all. I, I've, I've always thought that it was kind of shitty that men is in the title of X-Men. Like, it's, especially since the female characters tend to be the most popular yeah. and charismatic and powerful of the X-Men. They could do something to be like, we have children of X, children of the Adam. Yes, yes. They're not going to get away from the X. Just calling them yeah. mutants, new mutants, and so on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way to get away from the X. X gene. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's lots of other names you can come up with, but I feel like you got to use the phrase X-Men because, like, it, it's inescapable. Like, people are able to recognize that, and you can't get away from it. And I, I understand the idea of sort of separating from what Fox did because fox was just terrible well it didn't start out bad but yeah i mean it kind of did start out bad actually because yeah. brian singer is a piece of shit i don't know i there's no way to like even talk about it anymore without having to put in all these qualifiers right i think that like we can't get away from it i don't i th i thought it'd be really interesting if the first film they did was called x-men children of the atom yeah i thought that would be a fun thing to do on the side or, or like the mutant problem or something like they could just call it something different i don't know what i think a lot of this has been created because of all the the rumors about them deciding to just call the first film the mutants mm -hmm. i don't think it's real i don't think that's actually true and i think that rumor got started because we have things like the eternals the immortals the like you know the fantastic four so but they could still just be like the X-Men and it would still work, you know? A very the Suicide Squad version of events, I guess. The. It's not <laughs> real until you put the there. at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's totally different from the other previous movie that we want you to forget about. Easy. 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 So I guess the answer is that no, we can't get away from X-Men as a title. And I don't think 
Disney would buy out the X-Men name and they'd be like, we're not going to use it. You know, I don't think that's something they're going to well, do. Well, they had to, though, because they had to, like, buy out the rights to everything, which just includes the X-Men name. So, I mean, they could still not use it. Right. I just agree with you. They will use it because they it's so well known. Like, how can you not? Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's going to be part of marketing, even if the movie's titled something different. No matter what happens. Yeah. All right, a couple more quick questions here. They're just fun. First from Bobo T on Discord writes in, Polaris is my favorite X-Men, but she hasn't had any good luck in romance. Who would you ship her with? Definitely not have or Iceman or Cambit. Yeah, those mm. are all bad options for her. Yeah. Lorna to me has always been gay. Like, I have not seen Polaris as anything other than gay. And I think that is why her relationships with Havoc seemed force. Also, Iceman was obviously another gay character. And as soon as you go into that territory, we're like, okay, so polaris only dated like havoc and iceman and one of them was gay 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 in the closet and she was a big old beard for that and then they canonically in the comic books were like yeah they also never had sex so mm-hmm. like that seems very like steph and ryan in high school were like yeah, we're dating we're like- each other and like also gay but not telling anybody that yeah. that is how i feel about that i don't know who would be a good pairing for her don't people like have certain ships with polaris i don't remember who the women are that people ship her with i don't really know off the top of my head i feel like i'm going to archive of our own i know you are i don't i don't know they could probably match her up with like psylocke because psylocke is canonically bisexual so Mm. that would be interesting but i also don't see those two characters together yeah i don't i don't think they've spent enough time developing polaris in a way where she's had a consistent like relationship with somebody that's not a friendship and oftentimes i think polaris gets shoved off into the background of all these other characters because they're like well polaris is kind of the unstable one so like she shouldn't even have like a consistent story which i disagree with i think she's very interesting but mm. this i mean also exactly why they can't be like wanda's no longer remote magneto's child because lorna and wanda have like almost all the exact same fucked up like like trauma not losing control of their powers like freaking out and changing reality like they both do those things yeah i just found a fanfic that ships kitty wanda and lorna in a sexy fff threesome (laughs) so that sounds like an x-men evolution situation it kind of does it's titled sharing interests if anybody wants to look that one up i think they have to create a new character for her there are a few lorna kitty and also some lorna with the cuckoos ships in here fuck i don't know why I don't know why why the cuckoos. Why is she being matched with all these people younger than her? There's a (laughs) lot of Esme, Esme Frost, Lorna Dane. I mean, I guess because Esme is also considered a crazy character. I think that is where it's playing. I feel like that's probably part of it. And it's probably part of why somebody wrote a Lorna Wanda matchup because they were like, oh, these are characters who have like a mental illness. Did they not realize that they were related? Like, (laughs) I guess not. I mean, that could have been written during the time period when they weren't so (laughs) i don't know i don't know i feel like there's just not been a good matchup for her and i would like them to create a character that would be and i know there's a thousand characters in the x-men that i like because i'm thinking of like some of the younger x-men that could match with her but i'm like okay but then they're like then we've got like a 10-year jump not to say that you can't date somebody who's younger than you but like at this point in the x-men she's like 35 and they'd be like 22 and that's weird Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of Lorna and Marcos Diaz. That's not like a gay ship, but I'm just saying that's like another popular ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, like they canonically date on the gifted. So like, that's why I didn't even finish the gifted. I like I wanted to because I loved Polaris and I was like, I'm here for Polaris. But the show was like really bad. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, and, it I, makes sense that a lot of people are writing Marcus Lorna fix though, because like they're already a canonical thing. So yeah, but like he was just a stand-in for Havoc and had basically the same powers. But they couldn't put Havoc in there because in the Fox films they made Havoc like seventy years old by the time she came over. Uh, all right, I'm done looking at archive of our own. Um, all right, let's let's move I on. I think on to that next. Lorna should hook up with Kitty Pride. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> Kitty seems like she would respect her. And at least there's a few fix out there for that. And I could see it. And they could like bond over talking about how Bobby's gay. Yep, that's true. That is fun. All right. Final questions from Elena, who writes in from Discord. Which two mutants would you want on a camping trip, either for fun reasons or useful reasons? Okay. Is there any scenario where Ryan Pagello goes on a camping trip without Logan? Like, I was about sexy to say, camping trip? Like, like, hello. <laughs> Logan is there for fun reasons and utilitarian reasons. Yeah. Like, and he's like a lumberjack. He can help with every aspect. He's of also it. like totally like the stereotype of like the Boy Scouts are having sex at the camps and the woods. Like that is literally Logan. Come on, yep. I don't yeah. know. Like Logan would be a great camping trip partner because he already lives in the woods. Like easy. All right, so are we both agreeing for each one of ours because we're gonna have different answers here. Is Logan the one that? Okay, you well I'm with already you? picking Logan. I'm sorry, I'm stealing him away. Or would you pick Laura? Oh, you're right. I could take Laura. I feel like Laura would be pretty good on a camping trip, too. I think she'd be more stable than Logan on a camping trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she would be. And I feel like Storm is another obvious choice where, like, you know, she could totally hang out outside and, like, make sure the weather's good for the beach and also, like, still have it rain and have some nice rain on the tent at night. Yeah, I like that. I was going to say Beast, but I feel like Beast would be really annoying the entire time and also be like... (laughs) No, Ryan, camping trip with Logan and Beast? That sounds sexy and fun. Like, honestly. That's true. All right, well, I'll, I'll go with those uh, answers. And then. I'm going with Laura and Aurora, apparently. I'm having like a <laughs> Butch Queens camping trip over here. Yeah. It sounds pretty fun. I think Rogue would do it, but like not because she needed to. She's more like survival. I don't want to make her go. Like, she wouldn't, she would like be a good sport about it, but like, it's not really her jam, you know? And I respect that. I can't stop thinking about that episode of X Men Evolution where they all go to like the redwoods with beast and it's like yes. the new mutants are there yeah wolf spain could come on a camping trip i mean if you want to take a teenager with you wolf spain <laughs> is also in that category like she can join my group because it's like mine is apparently like the unstable ones because i would have like beast <laughs> wolverine and wolf spain who are all canonically characters to like fucking lose their shit all the time they really do like you your entire campsite is going to be having a panic attack when everybody realizes that you forgot the hot dog buns and it's like guys it's not that big of a deal meanwhile like your campsite like just on the other side of the trees your guys looking at us like roasty marshmallows i'm like the hell's wrong with them <laughs> i also i also think i wouldn't take her with me but kitty would probably be a good person who would go out into the woods because she mm-hmm. trained under logan yeah she would be fine like jubilee will go camping like in the mall vents but <laughs> jubilee would go glamping she would bring her switch and a generator like she <laughs> she doesn't want to be there like yeah I mean, when you say camping to jubilee she thinks you mean when you would like back in the 90s when you would like line up out of a store before it opened for the release yes! or something and put a tent up <laughs> Yeah, Julie went <laughs> camping to get a Wii day one. Like, that is the last time she went camping. Or Jubilee would be the same character who would be at, like, the Burning Man Festival, and it, that's camping for her. Okay, I could see that. Although I could also see, like, Wanda being at Burning Man. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> well, Pietro. And Lorna while we're at it. Yeah, and Lorna. Yeah, the three of them in a tent. Well, that's because Wanda and Pietro are, are at Burning Man getting their gay sex on. Because mm-hmm. festivals, if you've 
ever been to one, there's a lot of gay sex happening at them. There's also a lot of regular sex happening. It's just a lot of sex, actually. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of urinary tract infections. Be careful, folks. Anyway, uh, remember festivals? Oh, they're anyway, back. That is it. Wait, does this mean that it's time? Welcome back to another installment of the Mutant Ages the comic book. I guess I need to do a previously on, but I don't remember. You don't what because happened. there's actually one written in here because oh. I. Oh my god! I have written. This is the week that I started my job, and there's a lot going through my head, and so because of all that, I was like in one of those. Like I write my best when I'm really overtired and overstressed, <laughs> so it's like wacky as fuck. So there is an opening this time to the Mutant right? Ages, but for anybody who's new. We do on our listener mail segment this thing called Mutant Ages the Comic Book, which is basically a fan fiction where Maddie, Todd, myself, and Katie and our artist Madeline join the X-Men on and off, but they're working secretly for Cable and Emma Frost and Sage to find out who is messing with the timeline and changing things, which is why we keep on winding up in different episodes of like X-Men the animated series that don't track or like have plot holes or even within the comic books or other cartoons. And that is what is happening. We're like basically we basically are doing Loki before Loki was a thing. It's so true. Loki took it from us, folks. They and did. We took it from Bishop. So is Loki stealing from us or are we all just stealing from Bishop and Rainbow Road? That's true. Okay. So anyway, this is episode nine. It's Elder Baron part five. Part, <laughs> or sorry. No, so it's Elder Baron five Elder Baron part five two. Part two? Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Elder Baron five being the thing that Maddie and I did not understand. Don't know what it is. Still, we never, still don't know what it is. Made up for that episode with Corsair and said in a passing line along with the Baron. And we don't know what those are because they were made up for the TV show and they were never explained. So our comic book is trying to explain it. We have deciphered that the Baron is the big bad who is messing with the timeline. So we're trying to figure out who he is. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Last time on Mutant Ages, the comic voice echoes for a thousand years. Cable made everyone team up and go to the space casino known as Elder Baron 4, I mean 5, in which they did a ridiculous and completely unnecessary Ocean's Eleven sequence to find the Baron. After wrestling gaily with the Venga boys, I mean the Nasty boys, the Mutant Ages found a secret base to some mysterious figure who is pretty obviously Mr. Sinister. Ryan and Jubilee were cornered by an alien who turned out none other to be Mystique, who was then cornered by Wolverine, who jumped at her and missed as Logan does. Also, <laughs> Charles Xavier is here and a bunch of other characters who I'm not going to list because it's been a long week and not a lot of sleep. So you can just find out who's here in the Mutant Ages, the comic. <laughs> Yeah, you can just go back and listen to every other listener mail section if you want to refresh what happened, okay? Okay. <laughs> and then it says, music cues up to the tune of Steven Universe. We <gasps> are mutant ages. We'll try to save the day. And if you think we can't, then Cloakie's in the way. That's why listeners love our show. Believe in Maddie, Ryan, Todd. And Katie and Cloaky! <laughs> Why didn't you just say Logan? That would have rhymed. <laughs> because Cloaky makes everything wrong. Okay, you're right. <laughs> this week, Maddie is going to join me in reading these because I figured it'd be nice to hear not just only my voice. All right, so Mystique pointed her gun at Ryan, Jubilee, and Logan, who leapt to his feet and extended his claws in Mystique's direction. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't make a birthday cake out of you, Logan growled. Please, you would hurt yourself trying, Mystique said. Just hand over the laptop with the information on the Baron, and I won't hurt you much. 
We know how this goes, Mystique. You're going to blow up the whole casino, Jubilee said. Besides, the computer doesn't even have information on the Baron, Ryan pointed out. Jubilee glanced at Ryan. What? Why keep it a secret? She's looking for the same information we are, and I'd rather have Mystique pretending to be on our side than any other version of Mystique. (laughs) You're smarter than you look, Mystique said, holstering her weapon back into the hammer space that is her ass. (laughs) Thanks, Ryan said. He paused. Wait a second. That's still a backhanded comment. How do we know you're not the Baron? Logan yelled, spinning everywhere as he snarled. Why the hell would I be looking for the Baron if I was the Baron? Mystique sniped back. I'd like to say Weapon X damaged your thinking, but I know you've always been this way. Shall I find you a towel, you slobbering idiot? Ryan, are you guys okay? Maddie echoed through their communicators. Yeah, everything's great, Ryan said cheerfully. Nobody got shot and Mystique is going to work with us on finding the Baron. I'm glad everything worked out. That sounds like a terrible idea, but okay. Let's work with the one person who's constantly trying to blow everyone up, Maddie replied. That's what I said. Twinsies, Jubilee (laughs) chimed in. I'm still in the room with a gun, you know, Mystique said. Yeah, and make one move with that princess and it will be snicked time, Logan said as as he threatened Mystique with his claws. Don't hurt yourself with those, Mystique replied in a bored tone. Also, did you actually just say snicked, Ryan asked? <laughs> 30 minutes later, Ryan, Jubilee, Logan, and Mystique walked into the secret base where they were met by Maddie, Todd, Katie, Cloaky, Madeline, Emma, Beast, Gambit, Rogue, Corsair, all the Star Jammers, and Professor Xavier, unfortunately. <laughs> wow, how did you all get down here so fast? Ryan asked. By doing this mythical art called walking, Katie said, annoyed. Could you be any later? I sliced 10 pounds of cheese faster than that. The idiot kept stopping to talk to his camera, Mystique stated, sauntering by them. He was 10 seconds short of me blasting the damn thing to pieces. Given your track record, Mystique, I would consider that highly patient for you, Beast piped up, not looking away from a hologram projecting out of his laptop. Mystique! Cloaky shrieked out in glee, (laughs) then twirled off Katie's neck, which knocked her over into Ryan, where they immediately started hitting each other. Cloaky (laughs) gracefully floated over to Mystique and embraced her in a very warm hug. He is a cloak, after all. Is Cloaky a he? We're not really sure. I missed you! (laughs) Okay, you can take this next page if you want. Okay. Get off me, you shower curtain, Mystique said, doing her best to escape Cloaky's tight embrace. Sorry, that's Cloaky. He knows no bounds, and he also is just here now, Maddie said with a shrug. (laughs) I stopped asking questions after all that absurd crap on the Discorda ship. This is just my life. Crazy. I live here now. I know who the dish rag is. We've been working together for years, Mystique said, finally prying Cloaky off of her. He's the one piece of clothing that isn't part of me, nor someone I can get rid of, apparently. Wait a second. Cloaky said he was brought to life by falling onto Katie and Ryan during the explosion of Apocalypse's machine, Maddie said. <laughs> well, he isn't, Mystique said dryly. I stumbled upon him 80 years ago while stranded on the Savage Land. To my dismay, he came from a magical species of cloaks hidden deep within the island known as the Land of Cloakies. They apparently hide around the world except for when they want to walk out and give you advice. Except for this one. His advice is never any good or something that I've ever asked for. I keep trying to get rid of the idiotic washcloth, but he never seems to go away. Wait, then why the hell did Cloaky come up with that completely insane bullshit origin story, buddy cried out. It sounds like a retcon was in order, said Ryan. I mean, this is the Marvel Universe. How many times has Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's origin story changed? I hope this means you can stop calling me mommy now, said Katie. The only person who can call me that is Gambit. 
What in tarnation she talking about, swamp rat? Rogue yelled at Gambit, who just shuffled some cards and winked in response, not answering. <laughs> Back right the fuck up, Todd finally said. Did you say land of cloakies? <laughs> That's right, Cloakie said with a giggle. We're magical like a rainbow. Sorry, I couldn't tell you who I truly am. Remember, if you don't know someone very well, the best thing to do is to pretend to be someone you're not and don't tell the truth to their face until someone else reveals it for you. <laughs> wow, he really does give terrible advice, Madeline said, sipping a soda. As scintillating as this conversation has been, we have much more important matters to consider than whatever the hell any of this is, Emma said, <laughs> refocusing the group. I agree, Professor Xavier chimed in. We must get to the bottom of this barren matter at once. Okay, I'll let you well, take you over can, from can, here. If you want to no, do it, go you ahead. I, I can't read it without laughing, so you... you can <laughs> That's ahead. kind of what's funny, though. <laughs> Why are you still here, Emma asked, and whose brain have you been rattling around in to get information on this mission? About which part, Ryan asked, our top secret mission that you sent us on to figure out who or what is messing with the timeline and goes by the name The Baron? Way to keep the secret, dipshit, Katie said. <laughs> Next time I'll get you a microphone so you can read it on the news for the morning announcements. <laughs> There's a lot of people here, Maddie pointed out. She paused. That's it. That's the comment. <laughs> <laughs> I've downloaded the schematics off the Nasty Boys laptop and I've cracked the code as to which of these doorways will take us to the main room of the base, Beast said. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. J.R.R. Tolkien, The Fellowship of the Ring. Don't worry, Hank. I'm already on it, Logan said with a smirk and pointed at his nose. He dashed through a corridor on the far left. Suddenly, the whole hallway lit up with fire as Logan tumbled backward out of it in flame. He twirled around madly, lighting other shit on fire with his own flames and knocking shit over. Katie screamed in terror and ran in the other direction, hiding behind Cloakie. Could you... Todd started looking at Ryan. <laughs> on it! Pause, Ryan shouted. There was a flash of bright light and Logan stood in place, as did the fire smoking off of him. It was actually pretty cool to see in the moment. Gambit calmly walked over and threw his trench coat over Logan to put out the fire. Rogue put out everything else with a fire extinguisher. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose, Hank said in response to the chaos. He looked at Ryan's camera. Oh, the places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Well, I appreciate <laughs> well, I appreciate the educational history through all of literature. Can you please tell us where the hell to go? Todd yelled. You're worse than a game FAQ. <laughs> Sorry, it's just quite fun for me to do this. My other hobby is to be a dungeon master, Hank said with a geeky smile. He put on his goggles and pointed at the center doorway. The center hallway is the least lethal way to enter the base. Rather on point, if you ask me. However, there is an invisible laser grid that must be deactivated on the other side of the hallway. Don't worry, Gambit's on it like he is what Logan sleeps over, Gambit said with a wink. What? Ryan and Rogue screamed in unison. So did Corsair for some reason. I'm going to read this whole next paragraph because it's like a whole paragraph. Yeah. Madeline gave him a look. Gambit swiftly picked up the fire extinguisher, then sprayed it into the hallway, revealing the laser grid hidden in plain sight. Like playing an interpretive dance version of Twister, Gambit slid under, over, and all over the laser grid. The sound of someone lightly going dun, 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 was heard in the background until Katie hit Ryan, and then the sound mysteriously stopped. Gambit got to the end of the hallway. 
Before deactivating the laser grid, he turned to wink at Rogue, slipping out a kid of hearts to pose with. And like a bad magician, all the rest of the deck of cards spilled out of his lawn sleeve, along with some tokens, money, keys, condoms, and even the dark crystal, which landed into the hallway, <laughs> activating the laser senses and sounding the alarm. <laughs> all right. Oh take God. it for here for this page. Okay. Oh, good job, Master Thief, for sharing that very long ballerina dance to do the one thing we asked you not to do, Katie said, rolling her eyes. All defenses activated. Gun and poison gas control release in progress. A, sac- a sexy GLaDOS-like voice of Mr. Sinister echoed into the room. A bunch of guns appeared out of the walls as poisonous gas fumed out of the ceiling. The door next to Gambit opened. This seems like an unnecessary defense protocol, unless whoever's on the other side is hiding something, Charles said. Really? Maddie yelled. You, of all people, are saying this. The entire foundation of your mansion is built on guns. I do not have to entertain this conversation when there are greater matters at stake, Xavier sniped back. Suddenly, all the guns started firing everywhere. Everyone screamed, choked on gas, and took cover while rolling into each other, trying to get towards the hallway with the door. Don't worry, I don't breathe air. I can stop it, Clarky said cheerfully. He floated up to the ceiling and spread himself wide to block the toxic gas. Everyone continued to scream and yell, barreling toward the hallway with the door. Something that looked like a firework shot out of some of the guns. Logan, now just in a tiny piece of fabric covering his body after the fire, clawed at one gun for a very long time. <laughs> Maddie used her keytar against some guns. Mystique did three backflips, a cartwheel, and a summer's assault to take out other guns. Corsair and the Starjammers straight up bounced through the door, <gasps> leaving everyone for dead. <laughs> Madeline whined that there was a lot of exercise happening. Katie and Ryan argued about what to do as Ryan vlogged the whole event. Not really helping. Todd did a bunch of flips and kicked a gun out of the wall like a total badass. Rogue ripped a gun out of the wall and threw it at another gun. Love that. Um, everyone somehow managed to make it through the doorway and into a giant circular sterile laboratory with a spiral staircase going through the center of it. Emma entered through the doorway calmly in her diamond form. Do you want to take it? Sure. All of you are idiots, Emma said. There was a scream of sheer terror nearby. The grating of a vent blew off its hinges and cable backed out of it, firing at whatever was inside. He turned around and saw everyone staring at him. You made it. Good, Cable said dramatically. (laughs) Cable, Todd started. Why are you so extra? (laughs) Space rats. You never want to be caught in an event with space rats, Cable said, holstering his massive gun. Then it eyed Xavier Mystique. Looks like you made a few friends along the way. Not by my approval, Emma said. But now that we've participated in your ridiculous games, would you mind filling us in on exactly where the Baron is hiding? Don't know. All I got from the cube is that they are here in this room, Cable said, dramatically holding up the cube and gazing into it for what seemed like an eternity until suddenly two Mr. Sinister clones and tuxedos ran into the room out of breath. They gathered themselves (laughs) at the bottom of the stairfall. Announcing his or her majesty, the one and the almighty, magnificent Mr. Sinister, the the clone on the right said. The other clone pulled a trumpet seemingly out from his ass and played a little tune. The lights in the room dimmed as a third Sinister in tech clothing aimed a giant spotlight from the corner of the room to the top of the stairwell. And there he stood in all of his glory. Sinister, Mr. Sinister, he said, then cackled for what seemed like three days. Does he ever stop or does he just keep going like the Energizer Bunny? Katie asked in a bored tone. It's all right to admit that you can't fathom the incredible feelings when only in my presence, Sinister said. He descended the spiral staircase, his cape of ribbons trailing behind him. 
I know you've all come here to admire my genius work. After all, I essentially let you waltz in here. I don't think you know exactly what it's like to casually walk in here based on how much stupid shit we had to do and how you are entering the room right now, Maddie said. (laughs) Only a simple mind like yours would not understand the complicated tests I had to put you all through to bring you here. But now that I have inserted my diamond chip into all of your heads, you must endure experimentation of both scientific and sexual nature. Then go on a dangerous suicide mission, Mr. Sinister said before he was ushered to the side by a clone. He whispered into his ear. Mr. Sinister looked pissed. What? What do you mean the chips weren't put in their heads? We didn't have time after the nasty boys went misting and I was busy enjoying a martini in that space cafe, the clone responded bitterly. Insolent being! Sinister screamed at his own clone, then melted its head off with a beam of energy that exploded out of his hand. Does anybody else have some news to share? Everyone stayed silent. One Sinister clone typing at the computer swirled around. (laughs) Betty, you can read this. (laughs) Okay. The Summers experiment is not going as we had intended, the clone said. He pulled up a monitor of Scott Summers back at the mansion fighting with a Mr. Sinister in a Jean Grey cosplay and a shitty red wig. <laughs> but it's me, Scott. Phoenix. I want you inside me for sexual reasons and definitely not to collect your DNA, the Sinister Jean cosplayer said in a high-pitched voice. You're clearly Mr. Sinister in a wig, Scott shouted back at the clone. Even my vision can see that. Terminate the experiment, Mr. Sinister screamed. The other Sinister shrugged, pushed a button, and the Jean Grey Sinister exploded. Blood shattered all over the room as Scott let loose a shrill scream. While you're at it, terminate yourself too. The clone sighed, pushed another button, and then he exploded. Blood splattering everywhere, but mostly onto Wolverine, who didn't even seem to notice. What the fuck is happening right now? Screamed at the top of her lungs. He has to be the Baron. He's in the room, Cable screamed, pulling out his giant gun that managed to transform in, into an even bigger gun. gun. I think that's Sorry, what this is I supposed was getting to say. tired. The Baron, don't make me laugh, Mr. Sinister said as he then cackled. If anything, I would be a Baroness. I say we punch the lights out of all of them, Rogue said, pounding her fist into her palm. Good idea, Rogue. <laughs> or we turn them into a shish kebab, Logan said, scraping his claws together. It didn't look very good because the budget for this scene was low, so his claws kind of scraped near each other and above his hands with a partial green screen in the background. Pause, Ryan screamed, creating another bright flash with his eyes. The sinister stood in place. Do we actually think he's the Baron, you guys? He's not trying very hard not to be the Baron, Todd pointed out. (laughs) (laughs) Such a Todd comment. (laughs) I love Todd's dialogue in these. It's just that Sinister came out after Cable said the Baron was in the room. So wouldn't that mean the Baron was already in the room before Mr. Sinister showed up? Ryan pointed out. Seriously, Katie said, of all the stupid shit to say on the regular basis, now's the time you choose to make sense? (laughs) (laughs) Besides, it wouldn't make very much sense for me to be the Baron when I'm the only one consistently fixing your pathetic plot holes, Mr. Sinister said. The mutant ages gasped. (laughs) What did you imbeciles expect? Ryan's powers only work for 10 seconds at a time. Don't be so surprised, Emma said, rolling her eyes. Mr. Sinister must be the Baron, Xavier suddenly yelled out, pointing at him. I can read it in his mind right now. Everyone shoot him. And also Gene when we get home. (laughs) Okay, why don't you pick it up from here? All right. Don't be so silly, Professor. You and I both know telepaths can't get inside this beautiful brain, Mr. Sinister said. Enough with this, Mystique said. She pulled out a machine gun from her ash crack and fired it at Mr. Sinister. The bullets just ricocheted off him and into other Sinister clones who cried out in pain and fell to the ground. Mr. Sinister just cackled in response. 
Neither were your pathetic bullets, you oversized smurf, (laughs) Mr. Sinister responded. Mystique shrieked, did a cartwheel, and kicked Mr. Sinister in the face. He rubbed his face. (laughs) Daddy-like. Yeah, does does daddy like a load to the face, Cable yelled. Todd and Katie just kind of cocked their heads at the comment while Cable charged his massive gun. (laughs) Suddenly, Cloaky blew into the room. Cloaky said, floating between Cable and Mr. Sinister. You can't shoot him until you know the real truth behind the truth. I feel like whatever that sentence is, is something that you're no longer allowed to say, Cloaky, Maddie said. (laughs) But I know who the Baron is, Cloaky yelled. Everyone gasped. But but how, Xavier stammered. While I respect you as a sentient being that I wouldn't imprison in my home like a piece of equipment, you are fairly new here and you do not know the true ways of the X-Men. He's at least as old as I am, you useless bald eagle, Mystique said. During all the silly commotion in the other room, I could see everything with a bird's eye view from the ceiling, Cloaky explained. One of you went on a cute little computer down there and signed in as the Baron. It wasn't Mr. Sinister. It was... Suddenly, the lights went out of the room. Everything was pitch black. There was the sound of a scream and something ripping. The lights came back on. Cloaky lie on the floor, oh lifeless and ripped into two pieces. Cloaky! Katie shouted and ran to his side. She touched him. She looked up in a panic. I can't communicate with him, and he's an inanimate object. Don't worry. He will unfortunately pull himself back together in a matter of time, as he always does, Mystique responded. And you may as well take your next line, Maddie. <laughs> sure. That doesn't make the situation any less horrifying, Maddie said. She queued up her keytar. But somebody in here did this to Cloaky so he wouldn't expose the truth, which means one of you is a traitor. Let's not jump to conclusions, Xavier said calmly. We don't know you well enough to trust you, which makes all of you suspects. Actually, darling, they're here because I assembled them in secrecy to investigate the plot holes being created in our timeline without the one responsible knowing of their very existence, Emma said, coming out of her diamond form. Read my mind if you think you can handle it. And why should we trust you? Xavier responded. You've always been a wench of a woman who's been focused on her own game. You're a prime suspect to be the Baron. Ah, of course. Yet another natural deflection from the great mind of Charles Xavier, Emma said. Last time I checked, I've always been at the forefront of mutant rights, at whatever cost. But unfortunately, your own talents have been, how can I say, lackluster? Besides, how many times has your consciousness gone rogue and tried to kill all of the X-Men? You may very well be the Baron yourself. Not to mention he shouldn't even be here, Maddie pointed out. <laughs> At least we know it's not us, Ryan stated. Or Mr. Sinister. Yeah, fun fact. Cloaky gave us that information. It's not exactly reliable, Todd said. <laughs> but why would Cloaky lie to us, Ryan asked. <laughs> He's literally been lying to us this entire time, Maddie yelled, throwing her hands up in the air. Cloaky already said I wasn't the Baron. No take backsies, Mr. Sinister said. And not to mention, Apocalypse and I have been going through time on sexy dates together to fix the timelines from whoever broke them. Well, it's definitely not me, Jubilee piped up. The most I'm guilty of is stealing CDs from Sam Goody back when I lived in the mall, and CDs don't even exist anymore. Wow, I just dated myself. (laughs) You probably forgot about those in between years when you were a vampire, Ryan pointed out. Which, unfortunately, makes Jubilee a suspect as well. Perhaps she's a pawn to the actual Baron, also known as Dracula, Hank said thoughtfully. 
Uh, no offense, Beast Arena, but you are literally doing questionably evil scientific shit all the time, Chibli replied. <laughs> Messing with timelines is totally in your wheelhouse. Like, you've already done it multiple times, not to mention sometimes you are Dark Beast. <laughs> Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, just remember that all the people in the world haven't had advantages that you've had, Beast said morosely. He then looked away dramatically. F. Scott Fitzgerald, the great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take it back? Sure. Well, the only barren that is happening on my ship is all the bearing of skin. Hepzibah and I did an anti-gravity mode last night. Corsair said, arching his eyebrow. Raza gasped dramatically. You skipped date night with me to sleep with that cat hoe? You bitch! Raza screamed and slapped Corsair across the face. Madeline, help me! Corsair cried out, twirling around dramatically and landing in her arms. She pushed him off of her. Yeah, about that. I'm quitting the Star Jammers, Madeline said. Corsair gasped for a whole 10 seconds. But but why? Can't you and the captain make it happen? Corsair said desperately. Yeah, you're kind of super needy like all the time. And I'm not I'm just not feeling that vibe, bro. I already spend my extra time when I'm not treasure hunting playing Don't Starve, Madeline said. Corsair looked defeated. That's why Gambit don't trust space pirates. They got no class, Remy said, winking at Rogue. You literally are a master thief. Corsair shouted out, you are suspect number one for being the Baron and that succubus of a woman of yours. If she's going to suck, she may as well come over and say one more word about my daughter and your brains will be splattered into a pretty art piece on the wall, Mystique said, putting a gun to bear the Baron. To, it says the Baron said, but Corsair is not the Baron. <laughs> I can actually go ahead and spoil it for you right now that Corsair is not the Baron. I think it's pretty obvious who is, but go on. Okay. Ah, uh, yes. Mystique, criminal overlord of the darker mutant underworld. Xavier said, hovering over to her. The woman who can change her form to anywhere she well pleases and once married to a baron herself. We all know she manipulates and lies to get what she wants. If I could read her mind, I would not be surprised to find that she has found a way to manipulate time to get her dead wife Irene back, which we have stated repeatedly is forbidden on Krakoa. You watch your mouth, Charles. I'll shoot a bullet right into you, Mystique yelled. Rogue stepped between Mystique and the professor. Mama, we can't be shooting anyone who could be the Baron. Not that I trust you, or I ever will, but I believe you ain't the Baron. It just don't make no sense, Rogue said with a shrug. You wouldn't be at the place that they are trying to find the Baron. You're too small for that. All right, you can go on. Sure. Ah, of course. Protecting Mystique, Charles said, shaking his head. Like daughter, like mother, I suppose. How many personalities have I needed to delete from your head? I'm sure if I looked in there, I'd find the Baron. You know, I changed my mind. Shoot him, Rogue said. <laughs> <laughs> Logan walked over, now wearing a tight spacesuit with a diamond in the center. Everyone looked at him. What? It's the only damn clothes I could find around here, Logan said. Now, I ain't one to break up a good fight, but this ain't getting nowhere. Hell, I could be the Baron. My mind is so screwed up I could have forgotten about it. Without Jeannie here to look into all of our minds, we can't trust what any of you telepaths say. What I do know is that we've all been fighting the same fight all these damn years, so why go change it all now? Everyone stared at Logan. The hell y'all looking at, bub? Logan asked. That's the most intelligent thing you've said all day. I didn't know you had it in you, Emma said. He's got a big heart behind those sharp claws, Ryan said, smiling at Logan, who smirked back in return. Ryan continued. Does anyone want to play Clue right now? <laughs> what the hell, Captain ADHD? What makes you think right now is a good time to break out a board game? Katie asked, annoyed. Well, whenever I have to solve a mystery, I just pretend like I'm playing Clue, kind of like how Maddie pretends she's in Murder, She Wrote, Ryan said casually. <laughs> 
I don't do that, Maddie pointed out. (laughs) Move aside, peasants, for I have the answer to your useless woes, Mr. Sinister said, pushing between Maddie and Ryan. There's one easy way we can settle this. Isn't it obvious? Do enlighten us, Emma said. Well, just look at him. I'll shred it up on the floor. Somebody put their dirty, grubby hands on him. Their DNA must be all over him like a one-night stand in a cheap motel, Mr. Sinister said, scooping Cloaky up with one fabulously gloved hand. All we need to do is put this washed up fabric into my DNA analyzer and voila, just like that, we'll have the DNA imprint. But it will come at a cost from all of you. There's something I need. The only way to get what we want is to give me a sample of your DNA yourself. Can you do that? Maddie asked. (laughs) My dear sweet mutant, that's what I do. It's what I live for to help sad little mutants like yourself. Poor mutants with no one else to turn to. Mr. Sinister said, walking away and removing his ribbon cape. I sense a musical number coming on, Todd said. The music had started to queue up. Yup, there it is. <laughs> I admit that in the past I've been a nasty. They weren't kidding when they called me scientist. <laughs> But you'll find that nowadays I've enhanced all my ways. I'm evolved like the best and I'm enriched to this. And I fortunately know a little science. It's a talent that I always have possessed. And ex-people hear me laugh. I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed. Pathetic. Poor sad little mutants. In pain. In need. That one wants to touch her boyfriend. That one wants his memories. Then do I help them? Yes, indeed. (laughs) You poor sad little mutants. So sad. So true. You come flocking to my dungeon crying, Help Sinister, please, (laughs) and I help you. Yes, I do. So have we got a deal, Mr. Sinister said? Um, helping the guy who constantly (laughs) clones everyone seems like a bad idea, Todd said. (laughs) I'm not asking for much Just a token really A trifle What I want from you all is Your DNA Mr. Sinister said With a huge maniacal smile If it makes him stop singing I'll give him whatever he wants Katie said Rolling up her sleeve (laughs) Mr. Sinister gleefully Skipped over with the syringe And extrapolated a blood sample Everyone let Mr. Sinister Take the necessary samples Terrible idea I can't believe we went along with this Anyway I know. Emma and Mystique Emma and Mystique glared at him. Corsair made sexy eyes at him. Gambit spit in his face a little. Logan screamed dramatically until Mr. Sinister shoved a lollipop in his mouth. Professor Xavier argued with him about how he didn't believe in shots, even if they were vaccines, until Mr. Sinister just took the sample from him anyway. He then placed all the vials into a little machine, then spun around Cloakie in a center containment unit. Shortly after, there was the sound of a ping. Is it done? Batty asked. Nope, that's my lunch, a nearby sinister clone in diamond pajamas said, pulling out a hot pocket from the microwave and then walked away. (laughs) Then there was another ping. Aha, Eureka, I've always got it and I flaunt it, Mr. Sinister said. He pushed a button on a nearby console, a huge screen moving up from behind it. He held the remote. 
Tonight, I present to you the discovery of the Baron. Yes, we have all gathered here to kneel down and bow in my presence, determining the outcome of tonight's mystery. No need to thank me. I already know that I'm great for this discovery. Shut up and push the damn button, Mystique screamed. No appreciation for the arts. What a shame, Mr. Sinister said. He held up the clicker. Just as he was about to push it, Xavier screamed out, out as if he was in pain. He pushed a bunch of buttons on his hover chair, fell out of it, landing on the ground as the screen suddenly came to life in a different way. The static from within it literally started to leave the screen and come into actual reality. Whoa. What the hell is happening now? Katie <laughs> cried out. But before she could get an answer, the static grabbed every single person in the room and sucked them into the TV, Cloaky included. Then everything went silent as the TV went into TV color bars. Mm. Are we entering the Mojoverse? We might be. Fingers crossed. <laughs> the one sinister clone in pajamas stood in the corner watching this while eating his hot pocket. Suddenly, a commercial flashed to life. <laughs> Suddenly, a commercial class. Stop it, Karine! Okay. Suddenly, <laughs> you can laugh, you're lying. Suddenly, a commercial flashed to life on the TV screen. Do you like the Mutant Ages? Then you will be excited to see them starting in their brand new adventure for the 10th issue Mutant Ages comic book special called The Golden Mutants. Stay tuned for one trippy ride starring your favorite mutants, the announcer said. Then this episode of the Mutant Ages turned off like a TV with the sound of a clicker in the background. The end. To be continued. That's right. Oh, there's no, there's no amazing uh, lead up to the next one. We'll have to talk about the next one because I it's going to be a little different. Because so. it's going to be in the Mojoverse. Ah! Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was such a good episode, though. I love Mr. That Sinister. Was fun. I can't do Mr. Sinister's voice at all. I feel like I can like I can't do Emma's do voice at Logan all. Logan and Rogue, and I I don't know. I just give Emma her fake British accent because like at least some of the time in the comics she was supposed to have a fake British accent, but I think she still has. I think it. she still I don't, does. It's not clear. Yeah, so I, fun, I give though. her like kind of a bad one. It's purposefully bad, all you UK listeners. It's purposefully bad. She's not actually from the UK. <laughs> anyway, um, that was fun. It was fun to read half of it, even though. I like laughed as I was reading it because I didn't know the but it story. Was, I hope that our listeners enjoyed hearing it from not just me because this way it was a little bit more participant. So mm-hmm. let us know if you like that at thebeatingages at gmail.com. I'll try to work on my sexy Mr. Sinister voice. I really didn't know what to do for him. <laughs> so I just kind of read it as myself. I think <laughs> I don't know, you kind of had it at first. Let's do plugs, shall we? This has been a yet we another should. two hour listener mail. And if That's you always goes. want to contribute to a future two hour listener mail, you know what you can do? Go to themutantages.com. And uh, check out our email address, which is listed on the right-hand side. It's themutantages at gmail.com. You can write in. You can tell us what you thought about the latest episodes of X-Men Evolution or just, you know, whether or not you want me and Ryan to keep alternating reading the comic book episodes or, like, your opinions on literally anything at all. Um, You can also join the Discord server. There's a link on the right-hand side. And we have a questions channel in there as well as many other channels in there for a variety of emotional and social needs, including Ryan's stream channel where you know where he's streaming on his twitch channel that's right we have a voicemail inbox which is 1-508-319-1668 and we have a p.o box that uh we will check someday someday and we'll do a video on that yeah it's p.o box 3344 natick massachusetts 01760 and we do those uh unboxing videos on our youtube channel which you should totally subscribe to because now we're going to start doing monthly streams so that's right that's a good reason to do it so the mutant ages on youtube is a great place you can go you can find all sorts of videos where we uh have matched up clips from our show with clips of the cartoons we also put parodies up there we're playing every single x-men video game on there which i know we've kind of been on break from but we're we'll be returning to that 
that is also where you can catch the previous holiday live stream that we did live to kind of get a idea of what you're walking into mm-hmm. in September with our new live stream portion because on that live stream we read the more luck christmas episode we performed that for that's right it's gonna be very similar to that so like get ready for that (laughs) it's very fun i have my own youtube channel which is ryan pagella it's a theme park and adventure channel it's doing very well and i appreciate the the love and support there you can like also maddie also mentioned this but i do have a twitch where i have been recently playing with other members and listeners of the discord for the mutant ages mm-hmm. guild wars 2 and i'm playing as mr sinister <laughs> yes. but we're we're growing an actual little guild now like i believe totally not mr sinister is playing as jubilee and brock is playing as like dupe and beast and danny moonstar and like we've created a guild you all can get on that or you can come watch it and chat with us while we're in there i mean it's open to the mutant ages we've been doing that on saturdays or like one day a week so it's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um so yeah go check that out also you can find us all over the internet for the mutant ages that is facebook twitter instagram tumblr pinterest and tiktok where sometimes we know we go viral and sometimes we don't (laughs) Um, so I also have all those all those platforms. Um, Ryan.pagella for Instagram and TikTok and just the regular old Ryan Pagella on Twitter. Maddie, where are you? I am at Middy Myers, M-I-D-I-M-Y-E-R-S, every single place on the internet that I have an account. Every single time you say that, I keep on thinking like M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E-S. M-I-D-I-M-Y-E-R-S. It's not it enough, doesn't but work. It, I, you, whenever you spell it out, I'm like, oh man, is it like Mickey Bouse, but like Mitty Myers? It isn't though, because it's not the same number of letters. But um, while I'm still talking, I will say that we also have some ways that you can give us money. So the first way is that you can buy something in our store. You can buy Bishop saying time travel is real, which you may as well do because Bishop is totally going to enter the MCU and everything. And you're going to be like on the forefront of Bishop fandom. It's coming. Um, and we also have the Mutant Ages logo on a bunch of merch as well. Or you can go to patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages and back at a variety of tiers. There's the bonus audio tier, for example, where you can get bonus episodes of this show where we talk about like the Suicide Squad movie, for example, and Marvel's What If animated series on Disney Plus and all kinds of other stuff. There's a huge backlog of bonus episodes on there that you should check out. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Ryan, that's right. Take it away. Our top tier, I guess. I mean, what voice do we even go with? I don't today? know. Cloaky? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cloaky's ripped up on the floor. Yeah, you're right. Cloaky, so there's that. Cloaky is indisposed at this time. He'll be back. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing at this point because he's kind of getting more obnoxious to everyone as <laughs> it goes along, but that's what he's here for. Yeah. Uh, no, today, Mr. Sinister is here to thank you for admiring me today. That's right, <laughs> Samuel B. Soren B. and Zach S. I know that you just love to be with me because you just want to be me who doesn't <laughs> i'm fabulous and the best at what i do and also if i could just take a slight donation of your tna and maybe we can all uh, enjoy the sex dungeon later <laughs> i would appreciate that thank you for being our top tier 25 dollar tier contributors and for admiring me sinister <laughs> mr sinister <laughs> also again shout out to brock because he is boosting our discord server right now and putting emojis in there thank you brock there's so many more emojis there are fun ones of Maddie and I in there now. Like, that's fun. And just another reason to join the Discord now that it's a boosted Discord with extra special Mitty Myers and Snapshot emojis in there. That's right. It's good shit. 
It also lots of X Men, lots of X Men. So there yes. we go. Oh, absolutely. That goes without saying. And also, if you don't, you, have if you would money, like to leave us some reviews, you could do that. Yeah, go, Maddie. Yeah. You could do it. Go, Maddie. Go, go. Go, Maddie. Go, go. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a, a rating and review on Facebook as well. Those are the places you can rate and review us. And we hope that you consider doing that. But also, let's say you've already written a review everywhere that you possibly could. You can share the show with your everywhere friends. Everywhere you watch it. Everywhere you. you watch it oh my god that's right it increases our visibility though if you leave us reviews so thank you it does it does we we've been recording for like two three hours now so it's time for us it's almost three hours so this is the lot we have not done one of these in a long time well it's because we recorded two patreon bonus episodes before we started this reader mail so that's there you go now you know behind the scenes anyway um okay stay tuned for more mutant ages content at all times every day all day but once a week Mm -hmm. sometimes (laughs) bi-weekly Bye. Bye. See you next time. See you next time. The